Today, I have the honor of speaking with John Krotek, who is a successful entrepreneur who nearly lost everything. His journey back from a near divorce and brain injury will motivate and inspire anyone confronting trauma in their lives, and I cannot wait to bring you this episode. But first, let's learn a little bit more about John. He is a founder, visionary, speaker, podcaster, and veteran. He's got 25 years of experience as a profitable small business owner. He also helped develop a volunteer program for the Nathan Benderson Park in Sarasota, Florida, which is an international aquatic center. And during his time there, he was a volunteer coordinator for many years and oversaw the management of over 12,000 volunteer positions in over 160 events, which included 5K races, multi-day events, including Olympic caliber competitors. John also has some current business projects that are ongoing, which are the Green Zone Hero, Straight Out of Combat Radio, Task Force Zen, and Task Force Zen Radio. John is a childhood sexual assault and traumatic brain injury survivor and has two holistic healing speaking programs designed to help people through their personal trauma. He is also an advocate for hemp products used for healing remedies. He was a former United States Army NCO from 1986 to 89 and has many awards and decorations to his name. So without further ado, let's get started and meet John. Hello, my name is Kirby Eagles, and you're listening to the True Success Podcast. My goal is to help you find true success by helping you live a rich and satisfying life a life of happiness and meaning, and become a pillar of your community. This podcast is designed to inspire you to write a new narrative, revolutionize the way we live, and create a ripple effect that resonates with future generations. Hey everybody, welcome to the True Success Podcast. I want to welcome my friend John Protek to the show. Me and John have known each other for about a year now. We've met through Chris Hoffman and his coaching veterans, coaching and training programs. And, uh, you know, I've gotten to speak to him quite a few times and he actually had me on his podcast recently. John, um, if you don't mind, please introduce yourself and tell us what you've got going on today. Well, thanks for that introduction, Kirby. John Protek here, Army veteran, uh, business entrepreneur, been doing it for a while and I gosh the year went by pretty quick you know <laughs> and I have taught many many times in the past year of course a lot's been going on and even still we've been able to discuss some pretty heavy-duty subjects and uh, just blessed to be here and uh, humbled to be here and I'm just glad to be on your podcast finally you know it seems like it took us a while but we're here yeah so, yeah yeah well you know the move to Kansas City here you know and I pretty much took about six weeks off from recording and you know, just trying to get settled in, take care of the family, you know, get things going again. It's, it's, it's been pretty crazy. So I appreciate you, you know, you mentioning that and, and it's great to have you back on and, you know, repay, you know, the, the kindness that you showed me on your podcast. So, uh, so you have a book coming out. So I'd like to talk about that first because, you know, um, I don't, if we do run out of time, I want to make sure I give you the, the time to talk about that or you actually, it's been out for a while. 
It's been that's that was well since March. You know, we uh, yeah, it's kind of a different book. It's not a self help book. Yeah, well, in a way, in a way, it is. It, it, it's a poetry book. It's a compilation. Mm-hmm. It's called Fractals, uh, the poetic journey for self acceptance. And uh, I, I uh, had it published with Kim Richardson Publishing out in Arizona. Awesome experience. You know, if you're looking to publish your own book, get in touch with Kim, and you know she doesn't pay me for that. But she deserves that. Uh, it came out and we got best-selling category in four in four different areas: uh, poetry, international for poetry, and then uh, self uh, depression and sexual assault and uh, mental health. And so it was basically uh, putting together all the pieces from a traumatic brain injury that I had in 2012, and letting people know that have suffered through trauma that they're not alone. And I just did it through poetry. You know, I'm one of those wild people, I guess, you know, I started writing poetry in middle school and kept them to myself and then uh, decided at this time, it was time to let some of it out there. So after a a traumatic brain injury um, accident that I had, which released a lot of demons from an early childhood thing that happened, it wasn't a lot of fun. And and anyhow, it's been a great, 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 I think I had some great reviews from the people that have read it and, you know, just thanks for mentioning it, you know? Um, but I got another book in the making. I've got thousands of poems, but I've got another one I'm working on and uh, it's called what's your apocalypse. And that'll be kind of like a self-help book, but um, look for that one uh, early next year. Yeah, that's great. I appreciate you sharing that with me. Um, just to tell you, I, uh, when they told me I was, and I was in high school, I remember, um, and they said, we're going to do um, like nine weeks or eight weeks, whatever it was on poetry. I was ready to gouge my eyes out. I was like, no way. I says, I don't want to do this. Maybe that was the masculine toxic piece of me coming out of there and I didn't want to get involved in it. And I've kind of avoided for more, most of my lifetime doubt through some of my, you know, masculinity and manliness studies and some of this other stuff that I've done over the years because I grew up without a father. Um, so I've kind of done my own research and sought other people out. I've ran across a few things, and one was Rudyard Kipling. He's a great poet, uh, and his poem was very, very, very important to me. And that's the one I've kind of latched onto because I think it really talks about the character of a man. Much like a lot of our conversations we've been having over the time that we've been together, you know, we talk about that character and those values. And it when I when I read your book um, over the last few days, I actually. Uh, heard some of that coming out of there, you know, some of the stuff that I thought, you know, Rudyard was doing, you know, how to conduct yourself, how to act, how to behave, you know, and then some of the challenging times that we go through as well. And how, you know, and so I I said, you know, that was, when I read it, I was just like sort of flying through it. I was, and I I went back and I would read things like two or three times to pick up some of the things that you were saying. And then I really appreciated the fact that you gave a description at the bottom, you know, about how you personally felt the, you know, after writing it, you know, post write, um, or even later on, how whenever you decided to do it, but it kind of gave you an idea of inside the the author of the poem's mind. And I will tell you, like, as a guy who never reads poetry, uh, I really enjoyed it, and I feel like I should start reading more and more of it now that I've read yours. So I just want to thank you for that. I appreciate it. Well, you're welcome, man, and thanks for reading it, um, Kirby. I didn't know that you got it, but uh. You know, so often we pick up a poetry book and we don't know what the hell it means. You know, we read a poem and we might even read it two or three times. So I wanted to put those excerpts at the end, you know, kind of like a recap. But poetry to me is a way, and Rudyard Kipling, by the way, holy cow, that guy is <laughs> incredible. You know, it, it, it's just it's just an expression, you know, songs are expressions, they're poems set to music. And 
you know, so often, you know, everybody goes through the same things. And as a guy, you know, this, you know, we have this society that we live in and there's a construct of how we're supposed to be. And, Mm -hmm. and like I said, when I wrote, wrote poetry so many years ago and continue to do it, you know, I, I kept it hidden. You know, I wasn't going to be the kid that said, hey, and by the way, I'm writing poetry. You know, you know what that is. Yeah, you might get beat up on the playground. (laughs) (laughs) And I did without the poetry. No, but but uh, but I'm just saying that, you know, it's just a form of expression. And the cool thing about poetry is, is it's raw. My poems aren't like, you know, what's the night before Christmas? Mine are kind of more free flow. The rhyme is a little bit complex. But but if you read it and you take it to heart, what you'll get out of it is that you are not alone. And many of the same things that I write about are the same things that you can probably uh, relate to. So, yeah. Yeah. Poetry. I tell you, it is, it, you're, you're a hundred percent right. It is a freedom of expression. Um, even when I write, I don't write poetry, but when I write, you know, I write in a journal or I write daily in a blog and you know, I email that out to my, my subscribers. Uh, I find it freeing. And if the days that I don't do it, uh, it's, I, I'm not the same person. And so I have to kind of give that release and then, Hey, this is what I'm going through. This is what I've learned from it. Now I can start my day. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, that's, that's all it is. It's, I'm just getting it off my chest. I'm letting it go. And luckily I've got, you know, a bunch of people that want to hear about it. Um, awesome, man. That, you know, it's, it's yeah. therapy and you know, you're yeah. a counselor, you get it. It's so important to, uh, it's so important for your, you know, to your psyche to get that off your chest. And, um, all I can say is I've been very blessed. You know, I've had, I'm not unlike millions of other human beings out there that have had uh, rough things happen. You know, I mean, on the outside, I look great. You know, I got all the teeth in my head and, mm-hmm. you know, on the inside, there was some rewiring that needed to take place. And, you know, anytime you're assaulted as a ch- any, anytime uh, you have to rewire what that does to you. And, 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 you know, as a guy coming out, you know, with that mm-hmm. side of the story, I can't tell you, Kirby, man, how many people LinkedIn, Facebook, you know, mm-hmm. in private messaging said, hey, John, thanks for telling your story. Oh, and by the way, when I was nine years old at Uncle Bill's house, yeah. this happened. So it blew me away how many people could relate to many of the things that I had to experience as a child. And um, yeah, I'm yeah, just, uh, I, 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 I have to say, yeah, I have to say that uh, I appreciate that. And I want to say thank you for that. Uh, I worked in the Army for two years as a uh, program manager and an advocate for victims of sexual assault. So I did a lot of events Um, and most of it were people that um, had experienced something as an adult while they were in the military. But what we were finding out and we were uh, encountering is a lot of people were coming out from when they were even children and because they were hearing the stories of, of other folks and they saw how healing and how powerful it was and that these people could stand up there and be very transparent and vulnerable about their experience and talk through it. And I, I understand the more you tell the story, the, you know, the more that that narrative can be healing for you and be even more powerful. Um, that's why, you know, it's not, it's not a good idea to keep things within, you know, cause you'll just bottle them up and it'll just, it'll, it'll just tear you apart from the inside out. And the more we can share our story, even if it's little breadcrumbs at a time, you know, you'll find that, you know, you begin to build more trust again, you become more encouraging. Um, and then you get the right support group around you, anybody that's going through a traumatic experience. So, and I, we probably all have our experiences, but uh, I found that, you know, very, very, very powerful in your book. Cause when I read it, you know, I could hear and see some of the experiences that I had as an advocate program manager. 
And uh, I think it's wonderful. And I've read plenty of books about um, sexual assault and, you know, things like that. Um, and uh, uh, I, I found it was a, a really great, and there's a lot, like, there's this thing we used to do in the uh, Army, which reminded me of your book called The Poetry Slam. So uh, I think you probably should get on the Army circuit and go out there and do some of these things and start reading, you know be an encouraging person for other people as well. It's, it's an opportunity. Um, I know during uh, April, which is sexual or sexual assault response prevention month for the department of defense. Um, they do those, those poetry slams where people go out there and express themselves. And, and sometimes you're like, wow, you know, they're, it's very powerful, you know, and there's just, and then some of them are very emotional, very saddening. And, and some of them, are, there's hatred coming out. And, but usually everybody feels, you know, much better after being able to express themselves. So uh, poetry is just one of those uh, amazing things. And so I wouldn't hide your gift man. <laughs> any longer. Let no, the world no, have no, it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that, Kirby. And it's just, you know, it is nice to tell a story and you know, it's what connects us. You know, we all talk about oneness, right? Like that's the big buzzword now and, and, and higher consciousness, you know, higher consciousness does not inoculate us from pain and suffering. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm becoming enlightened and oh, I'm letting it all out. You know, you're still going to go through pain and suffering. And you just said it just a second ago. Everyone can relate to some kind of trauma in their lives, whether it's the death of a loved one or, you know, it could be financial ruin. It could be divorce. It could be combat related, uh, obviously sexual assault and sexual abuse. But, it, you know, it could be disfigurement from an accident. You know, every human being yeah. on this planet has been through something. And if we can reach out to each other and help each other and find ways to make the community better or, you know, society better, our country's better, our family's better, mm -hmm. then, you know, sign me up, you know, let's do it. I didn't always think that way because I, I, I it took a traumatic brain injury to bring all that to mm -hmm. light. But, but, uh, but that's the way I wish more people would, would look at themselves as they're amazing. You know, human mm -hmm. beings are amazing. and Every single one of us out there is just a creative force waiting to just tell the story and, and, that's why you have a podcast, Kirby, because yeah. you understand that the significance of, you know, giving people the opportunity to tell their story, but also to your listeners, man, this is an opportunity that you're giving people out there to listen to people like me who just want to help. So you could say, you know, we're helpers, man. You know, mm -hmm. we're just we're yeah. operating at a high, high elevation. here. Yeah. Facilitating conversation. And that's, that's important because again, you know, I'll reflect back to my time as a program manager and advocate, I will I learn the, the Fetty through Russell Strand, who's this um, icon in the army about this forensic exam um, um, examination that, you know, teaches law enforcement to do not only to uh, collect, you know, information as they're, you know, um, speaking with victims, but also help them in that healing process. So it's not, you know, victimizing, you know, it's they're, right, they're yeah. expressing and freeing themselves as well. And through that process, he was explaining to us what happens to the human brain once you go through a traumatic event, you know, or post-traumatic. And, and he used a couple examples of people he had worked with. And the brain's so fractured after a traumatic event like that, that um, there's like pieces missing. And you talked about in your childhood, and it took you a traumatic of another traumatic event before that was kind of like released, you know. Um, you know, you know, your brain jostles up, but he explained it like this. He's like, when you have a traumatic event, you just basically take a puzzle in a box and just throw it up in the air and let the pieces fall. And then that person is now trying to put those back together. And sometimes they can't find pieces and they're missing back there. But through a particular technique that he taught, um, you were able to kind of reach back and find that missing piece. 
and put it together. And then this flood of information just comes flowing out of people because now they've figured out how to put the missing piece back in the puzzle. And uh, they're able to kind of free and open themselves up. And sometimes those are events, you know, in our lives that it's like, oh, wait a minute, wow. And they trigger something and it brings back more memories. So they're buried in there. The brain's recorded it. We just got to go back in and try and find them somehow. Um, and so I think that, yeah, like you said, that was, you know, I think that's important to understand that just because you've had an event doesn't mean that there's not post-traumatic stress growth or something else that can happen. And you can become stronger from that experience rather than always be, you know, um, in that place of I'm never going to be the same again. Uh, and I, I, I personally believe in that, uh, uh, Jane McGonigal, who wrote the book, super better, uh, really made me believe that. And she's got a great Ted talk out there about it. Her experience with depression because she had a head injury, um, uh, and came back from the dead. I mean, they basically said, you'll never get out of bed the rest of your life, you know, and she was in this bad state, but, uh, she treated life like a video game one level at a time. So, and she got back to where she's at now. So, well, no, no. And everybody's got that story. You know, I was one of those guys that called the suicide hotline. You know, I was one of the guys that, uh, my whole life was crumbling. I didn't know what was going on. All these bad memories were resurfacing. My, my, my emotional mood swings were like freaking off the charts. Nobody wanted to be around me. All my friends were, were, were like leaving me like that's not the John we know. And then it wasn't long before I was embroiled in the middle of a divorce. And, yeah. and, and I just didn't want to be here, man. So, I, you know, I, I call I, I made the call. And I'm telling you, Kirby, they, they literally talked me off the ledge. I got six months of cognitive behavioral therapy. I did six months of ex, uh, uh, experimental with CBDs, cannabidiols, to help rewire the brain. And then just a whole lot of love and a whole lot of support network. I saved my marriage. You know, I'm on some really cool projects now. Uh, and I'll tell you, you mentioned a book. I'll mention a book too, mm -hmm. uh, a book by Vishen Lakiani with Mind Valley. Okay. Uh, the title, title is The Code of the Extraordinary Mind. And I've read tons of books, mm -hmm. but that was a book that an army buddy, uh, combat veteran from Iraq, infantry officer, U.S. Army guy. I said, John, you got to read this book, man. Mm -hmm. And I did. And that began the journey of self-help, uh, you know, part of the journey, you know, always looking for something better. But that book was a really good book. And gosh, we could name tons of books. But yeah, <laughs> it, it's all about, it's all about, a, and I had a real firm spiritual, uh, I know this isn't what the story is about today, but I had a spiritual uh, foundation that I think mm -hmm. is really important. And that's personal too. It's not like I have to go out there and proselyte, uh, you know, God or the creator or the mm -hmm. powers of the universe or whatever mm -hmm. comes, comes to people in different ways. But to me, to me, it's, it's, it's all the same life force. And, mm. you know, there's a lot of cool things with the spiritual part of it, but we don't have to go there, but, but, yeah, but no, it's, it's just a testament to you, John, because your character, I mean, you're always, you know, this is about you today in your book and you're always, talking about other people. <laughs> no, and I love, it's like the third person you've given kudos today so far. You're like, Hey, go out there and reach out to these people. You know, you're always giving love out there. So, I mean, that's, that's, just, what, that's yeah. what we do, man. That's what we do. And, and, and like, again, I'm not just blowing smoke. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. And uh, I just, again, thrilled to death to be able to, to help wherever we can. So, yeah. So yeah. tell me um, the first title or the first chapter in your book or introduction basically says why fractals now? Um, can you explain that to us? Yeah. You know, you, well, you, you, you know what you, what a great lead in, you know, you talked yeah. about the puzzle, right? Yeah. Going it up. And, and, and so you, 
you're so very correct. You know, when a traumatic event happens, and I think mm-hmm. it's been said that 75% of the humans on this planet have been through at least one emotional uh, traumatic event. Mm-hmm. Then it says uh, they believe that it's been as many as 40% have been through multiple traumas. Mm-hmm. And so we quite literally, uh, Kirby, we have a global community, global population of emotionally traumatized people. Let's get real. That's the reality of it. Some people handle it better than others. And so we have a, a lot of boxes of jigsaw or jigsaw puzzles out there that the pieces don't quite fit. And for me, it was fractals. I had all these pieces of my personality that couldn't find, couldn't integrate. It wasn't like I was split personality and, you know, what do they call that multiple personality disorder? You know, I wasn't one of those, but but, but I, I, I kept a lot of things bottled up inside, as do most people. I'm not anybody different. You know, there's nothing really that, 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 that picks me out from the group. Mm-hmm. And so I went about my life, you know, on certain skill sets and certain modus operandi and behaviors that I didn't necessarily like. And, and uh, you know, a lot of anger and resentment just under the surface. You know, sometimes, you know, you could just set me off. And it was like, why would I do that? And it never made me feel good. I never liked being angry with people. And, and even in college, you know, to deaden the pain, I'd like to have one or two beers too many. And then I was a guy that could fall in love pretty easy. But once it got real intimate and, 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 and the deed was, was done, I would be like the first guy to just ghost. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and again, that made me feel worse. You know, who wants mm-hmm. to break a person's heart? So all of this went on. I, it got, I could say it got better as I got older because of coping skills. Mm-hmm. But then 2012 occurs, and I'm out with a buddy of mine shooting pool, mm-hmm. and uh, had a couple of glasses of wine. And the next thing I know, I'm on the side of the road in an accident with a freaking nice head bump, concussion, mm-hmm. and it was almost immediate. So uh, mood swings, all the stuff I just described, going into the abyss, not being able to find a way out of the abyss, and then you mentioned it. The support network was so important. You know, I had people that really cared about. Me. And, and, and really loved me. And you mentioned love and nine months of all of these treatments and all of this hard work. And I get this letter in the mail when the letter was actually a card. My wife had separated from me. She was in Virginia. I was in Florida. And it was like, it was a week before Thanksgiving, man, 2016. And my wife says, Hey, listen, I just want you to know that I got in touch with my attorney this morning and uh, I have called off our divorce. And I want to spend the rest of my life with you. I've seen a change in you. And that was, that streamed out of, you know, I had to let her go. You know, I, I, my therapist told me, you know, we can't save your marriage, but we can save you. And so when you start to work on yourself and, 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 and you go inward and you don't try to blame everything that happens to you on everybody outside of yourself, you know, you start to really shine. And, and my wife saw something in me that, um, I got to tell you, Kirby, I, 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 I literally fell on my knees and cried <laughs> like a freaking baby. And all the AAMs and the, D, you know, the Distinguished Service Medal and all those things meant nothing. Yeah. To, you know, I really earned uh, the opportunity and the right to have my marriage back. And, and I got to tell you, it was hard work. Nothing's easy in life. Mm. But if you want it, you know, you and me smoking Joe, go get, go get some. <laughs> yeah. if, you, if, you, if you want your life to really shine and be the best you can be. Remember the army commercial? Yeah. And yep. then it, it's not going to come from anybody else. It's going to come from you and the choices that you make. So, mm-hmm. so fractals, you know, it was a way of putting all the pieces together in poetic form, you know, poetic 
uh, journey for acceptance. And until I could accept myself and what, what that puzzle looked like, I was going to continue to do the same BS that I've done all my life, get to a certain point, do really good and then sabotage all of it, you know, and, and, and that's what people do. That's what humans do. We don't feel we're good enough. We don't feel we deserve the best in life. Well, I got news. We do deserve the best in life and we are good enough. And, and until you believe it, you know, you're a counselor and I'll be very brief because I know you've got other questions. But one of the things that my therapist asked me to do, because insomnia is a huge part of TBI mm-hmm. and, and, and PTSD. And I would get up at one o'clock in the morning, almost religiously, one thirty, one fifteen, two o'clock. I'd turn on every light in the house. By the way, this is not my house. Uh, one day, <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but I would get up, I would pace, I would be really angry and, uh, full of anxiety, full of angst and, and, and just crazy thoughts. She said, when that happens, John, you got to promise that you do this. She goes, go in to your bathroom in front of that big mirror in front of that sink of yours, turn on the light. And she says, look at that person in the mirror, dead in the eyes Mm -hmm. and say, I love you, man. And I thought it was weird. I'm like, holy cow, really? I'm going to do this? So the first night, you know, that night I'm home, right? 2.15, I get up. I'm like, holy crap. But, you know, I did it. I looked around, Kirby, to make sure nobody was around. (laughs) And I went up and I said, I love you, man. And then I went back to bed or tried to get back to bed. So that went on crazy like that. But what happened was it started to build. Then it went to not just an I love you, which yeah. I love you. I think you're a real, you know, hardcore yeah. person. You're an awesome dude. And, and over a period of time, it started to have an effect. And you know this, man. It's yeah. like rewiring yeah. your brain. Mm-hmm. So I really started to believe that that guy staring back at me, that guy who had been such a, yeah. an asshole to his wife, he actually is a decent guy. He just never believed that. Based on some nonsense that happened to him as a child, which mm-hmm. – by the way, those things that happen to us, they don't define us unless right. we let them. Mm-hmm. So I started caring about who I was and started really digging in. And it wasn't like I was kissing my arms or anything, but I felt really good about who I was. And yeah. three months into my treatment, my cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, yeah. we've got these acronyms. Uh, my therapist is smiling at me and I'm like, Cheryl, why are you, why are you smiling at me? And she said, John, I've been doing this for 30 years plus, and you are a guy that's actually doing the work, and you make me happy. And you, you and I talked about this, Kirby. Mm-hmm. You've got to do the work. And the work is not easy because I have never claimed sainthood. Mm. I've made lots of mistakes. I've hurt people in my life. and doing so, I've hurt myself. And and but I can tell you, I will sign up for the Broken Angels Club yeah. any day of the week. None of us are saints. We've all made mistakes and we're going to continue to make mistakes. But until you can actually come to grips with that and believe in yourself, you're going to continue to do that. And even when you make a mistake, even after you admit it, drive on. Mm-hmm. We say Fido. You know, I won't use that, but the, drive on. You know, it, it happens. So. Thank you for letting me, you know, it was a, you know, a long answer to a short question, yeah. but fractals is, is just putting together the pieces and, and hopefully, hopefully I can make an impact with the book and, 
And hopefully somebody that reads it like yourself will be touched by at least one poem and realize that we're all in this together. Yeah, brother. I, I, when I read it, I took, I highlighted a bunch of stuff and I wrote a bunch of notes because it brought things up for me. It's just not only just for my own personal life, but people I've worked with. And I'm, I was like, I could relate and connect because I don't understand how many times I've sat in an interview room with somebody who's just had a traumatic experience trying to explain to an investigator what just happened to them. And just, I mean, it, I, I, people just don't get it. Like, and, and I think one of the biggest challenges for me was, is all those times I got introduced to what human trafficking was. Um, and I really know, you know, this is class the army made us take all the time, you know, and you just click through, you know, you don't really care. You don't slow down to take the time. But when you actually experience it, when you hear people's stories, you know, when you can feel what they feel and you're sitting right next to them. And I, I mean, I, there's times where I had to go, I, I got to a point where I was like, I, I, I need some help, you know, because <laughs> I needed to like, cause that I was absorbing that. Right. And I was, I was carrying that with me every single day. So those first responders that do go out there and care for these people, it's, it's a burnout job. I mean, literally they, 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 they do a, a tremendous job and they don't get enough support. Um, because you know, they, they do carry that with them. It's not like I can go home and have some pillow talk with my wife about what I just, you know, because it's an ongoing investigation. Plus it's personal to that person, you know, and it's not for me to tell yeah. And so I have to hold that in and I had to go to a counselor because I was just like, I had, you know, and there's a help for all the first responders and advocates and program managers out there doing this job because the weight and, and of, of what they're going through um, and the stories and everything else, you know, it's, you, you, it's hard, you know, and there's some days where like, I just don't want to get up, you know, and go to work, but you do anyway, because there's purpose in that, you know, it's like, there's one more person out there that needs my help. You know, and, and like I said, the, the burnout rate is really high. Even when we're working with uh, fatherless boys, you know, the, the advocates in that arena, you know, or, or you know, um, kids that are in um, um, court-appointed um, uh, homes and stuff like that, you know, foster care, you know, people who've been taken away from their parents. Uh, it's, it's a tough job. And I don't think we really focus and pay attention to it enough, um, not only on the victim side, but and where I would like to go with that is, is that, you know, to your point, we don't provide enough support for victims either, uh, especially in the human trafficking arena. You know, that was one thing the lady in Baltimore, the Samaritan woman that I got to engage with quite a few times. Um, she was telling about the challenges of, of her organization. Um, and most of the victims, you know, in human trafficking would end up going back to the only thing that they knew was human trafficking because there was no support. We're great as a society about go get the bad guy take them out, put them in prison, you know, you know, do whatever we're going to do to them. Right. As far as the law is concerned, but then there's no support for the victims afterwards. It's like, okay, well, we got the bad guy. Everything's great now. No, it's not. People have lived fractured lives. And that's why I like the word, you know, how you did fractals and you talked about the broken pieces that are holding us back uh, because we do go after, we do justice, right? We go after justice and, but there's another piece that's missing after that. And I think that that's the challenging part for us because we go back to our normal lives and we forget about those people. That's no, those people over there. And we don't, cause we don't want to expose ourselves and become vulnerable and, and share in with what their experiences are. No, you're so right, Kirby. You know, 
the, the statistics and the reality is astounding when it comes to trauma, especially sexual type traumas. You know, I, I read where one out of three girls by the time she's 18 has a story to tell yeah. and the boys is they say one out of five, but it might even be higher because the perpetrators know that boys don't like to talk. Mm-hmm. And so it could be as high as the women, but you know, a lot of these, a lot of the people that are out there that are entering into high risk behaviors, you know, I was a mountain climber for 12 years. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, 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 I drank and I drove and <laughs> I, I did, I did crazy, crazy. I was, I, I had a motorcycle too. And, you know, it was never, you know, you wonder about high risk behavior. Well, it could be directly linked back to low self-esteem, you know, where you just don't really care. And then to the tra- traumatic event itself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we sit, we, 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 you're so right. The people that are listening to people like me also need the release valve and they also need to have that compassionate bone stroked every now and then because the, the, you know, it, we're, we're, like I said, we're in this together. Yeah. And, a lot of these traumas that we go through, and especially with sexual assault traumas, a lot of them are what we call ancestral traumas. Mm-hmm. They repeat themselves. You know, so what happened to me as a small boy, you know, what, what happened probably has been going on for generations. And then what, what happens is when a person like me finally said enough is enough, I'm so glad and thankful that what happened to me is something that I never perpetrated upon another human. But at the same time, there were forms of pain that I did dish out. You know, oh, I'm in love with you. And oh, okay, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you. And uh, did I ever say that? You know, and so, you know, so the pain of that, I still was able to dish out pain. And, and, and when you finally say to yourself, I, I can't dish out pain because when I do that, I even feel more pain. And we can't escape pain. So, you know, in the service we say, embrace the suck you know why am i digging <laughs> with the small entrenchment tool in the middle of the desert you know why am i doing this well you know mm-hmm. it could save your life from a shrapnel but embrace the suck life at times has sucky moments what happened to me was one of them what mm-hmm. happens to other people so deal with it it's an event and it's easier said than done i get that i'm not saying this is you know lollipops mm-hmm. and, un- and unicorns this this is this is serious business but realize that it's just an event, doesn't define who you are, and, and, and look for a way to deal with it in a way that's constructive and positive. Because you can take that nasty event and you can recreate that over and over and over mm-hmm. again. And all you're going to do is make the world a tougher place to be for mm-hmm. somebody else. I choose these days. When I feel, let's say, a trigger, you know, we've heard these triggers, you know, something that a smell or, uh, you know, just an event that tries to trigger this emotional response. I pick up a guitar now or I, I never played a musical instrument in my life. I'm playing a guitar now. It's taken me three years to just, you know, strum six chords, but I'm yeah. doing it. And, and or, or better yet, you know, you've heard this before, mm-hmm. Walden's on, you know, take a deep breath, walk outside. It's just an emotion, mm-hmm. kind of like fear. Like there's a lot of fear going on right now. Yeah, fear is the, the fear is the uh, the greatest suppressor of activity. You know, the minute you become scared, you do nothing to move forward, and you're easy to manipulate. And so I just say, you know, fear. You know, if there's a grizzly out there, yeah, you got to run. I mean, mm-hmm. come on, 
or but but if it's a fear that's just in your brain it's just a thought mm -hmm. it's a fleeting thought that kid that did that to me he's not going to ever do that to me again mm -hmm. and so if that trigger comes up around another person that's not that person and and, and you can you you have to let those barriers uh to healing go away um but we we do have a lot of work to do and we continue to do a lot of work and uh all i know is this is if you can develop some kind of compassion not only for yourself which is where it starts but once you start to have compassion for yourself in the situation mm -hmm. you're in uh you mentioned fatherless boys that that's trauma yeah. that's serious flipping trauma there's not a role model in the house uh he's trying to figure it out on his own that that, that 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 you know but i can assure you that if you don't give up and you believe in yourself and you look for ways to make better choices in your life, no matter what the trauma is, you're going to find fulfillment. Mm -hmm. You're going to be able to create happiness and joy on levels that you never knew existed. You know, I was always, if you look at the cover of my book, we don't have it, but you look at the third grader on one side and the fourth grader on the other side, you see a kid in a Cub Scout uniform full of happiness and joy and inquisitive. You can just see it in my eyes. And I remember that kid. And I also remember the, four, the fourth grader on the right side of the cover. He's sullen. He's detached. He trusts nobody. He feels like a piece of uh, shiza. He, he just, he, he doesn't, he's, he's done. He's toast. He's a, he's a child zombie. And so I get it. I feel it. But guess what? That 92nd event caused a lot of pain. And all it was was a 92nd event. So there are people out there like you, Kirby, mm -hmm. that care, like Cheryl Andrews at Centerpoint here in Venice, mm -hmm. Florida, south of us that care. Uh, people like Kat Kalen, who I love to death, uh, and the list goes on. Pete Turner, mm -hmm. who does our podcast. And I can't tell you, Cheryl Christensen here in Sarasota, yeah. Florida, run, runs the four pillars. And the list uh, goes on, you know. Yeah, there's so many people out there that, that, that are willing to help. And I can tell you, if you're in a dark place and in an abyss, mm -hmm. the best thing you can do to any veterans out there, even mm -hmm. if you're not a veteran, pick up the phone and call someone. I, can, I tell you, I never thought in my wildest dreams that John Krotek at 56 years old would call Suicide Hotline. That just wasn't me, man. To me, that was a weak thing to do. Yeah. But it was probably the strongest thing that you'll ever do if you really need help. Um, and some of those people that I mentioned, uh, there's just, you know, Chris Hoffman that you mentioned, you know, the guys mm -hmm. out there out in front, you know, trying to help wherever he can. And there's a lot of them out there. The list goes on. I know you could name so many people, yeah. but they're out there and they want to help that woman. I have no idea what her name was on the other end of that hotline. That woman saved my life. Mm -hmm. I could have hung up. I could have just rode right underneath of a tractor trailer truck. I was on the interstate and, and then, and then I wouldn't be here to help anybody. And, and, and my wife would not have a husband. And, my stepchildren would not have a stepdad mm -hmm. and then Kirby wouldn't have John on his show. And, and, and just, you know, think of the, you know, it's better to be here than not be yeah. here. And if you get to that point, call Kirby up, he'll give you his number. Yeah. Call me up. <laughs> no, this wasn't a suicide show, but, but yeah, you know, no, it's, it's important. About, yeah. It's important. I mean, real. yeah. I mean, it, we've all experienced it in some form, maybe in my own personal life, but you know, um, outside of the military, but even in the military, I mean, I, I remember, I mean, just recently, just uh, just a quick snippet. I uh, over the summer or spring, you know, uh, while COVID's going on, 
uh, I was doing some running stuff and uh, I was working with an organization called 222 Mini. And uh, you basically memorialize somebody who lost their life to PTSD. And uh, I had spent a lot of time with this guy when I was my first duty station. It was 1999. Uh, I joined the military in 96 uh, or 97. 96, yeah, 96 was the guard in 99 and went on active duty. And we became best friends. We hung out. We did everything together. You know, there's a group of us, two or three of us, actually, that, you know, we're, we're just, we, we're inseparable. We're like a trio. And um, I was looking on 22 Too Many's website. And, uh, you know, I was looking for, for names of people. And I was look, searching for, like, local people. Because I wanted to do something for people locally. You know, people that sure. have been in Fort Leonard Wood or, you know, some other stuff. And um, Missouri, some Kansas kids, um, you know, and. I ran across his name, you know, and uh, I looked at the picture and I was like, I know that guy. And that you don't want to, and, and, you know, the thing about it is when I moved to that spot, he had taken his own life six months before I had gotten there. And I was like, man, if I would have just been able to get here six months sooner, timing was everything. And we had lost contact. We had met one time when we were in Iraq, we bumped into each other and I was on, I was, I was too, we were like too busy. He was going one way. I was going the other way. Like, Hey, you know, we'd like talk for like five minutes and catch up with you later and never caught back up again. And so when I saw that picture, it was like, wow, like this is how I have to find out. Like, and so I reached out, I talked to his sister. Um, I let her know what I was doing. You know, I was going to memorialize him. And I ran like 24, I ran a marathon that day actually. And I said, Hey, this is us. So I took a bunch of pictures and I shared it with her and, um, she was doing really great and she loved it. Um, and it was healing for her as well because her brother was not forgotten. Um, and he has a child and a wife and I never got to meet them, but, uh, uh, you know, hopefully one day I will, but yeah, Joel was, I was, it was huge. I was like, wait a minute. And, and, and I reached out to my buddy, the other person in our trio. And he was just like, I had no idea. And it's like, it's sad, we man. Care. We care. We really yeah. do. You know, and, and I, we, we just lose control. And I, so that's the part about this, the, the military that I hated the most, right, was we just lose connection with each other. And we don't have to, you know, we lose contact, you know, because we just, we move around, you go here, you go there, you get caught up in your lives, you have a family, you got kids, you retire, you know, you lose track of people. And that's the hardest part. And that's why I'm glad people do reach out to folks, you know, on certain days of the year and say, reach out to a buddy, you know, make sure they're doing okay. If you haven't heard from a while. Especially now during COVID that you just mm -hmm. mentioned, Kirby, this has been a really rough time for a lot of people. And what better time now than to make contact with an old army buddy or, yeah. you know, an old school friend or a family member you haven't talked to. And, and you're so right, Kirby. It's all about the communication. And I got to tell you, man, and you know this, there are people out there that care. And for those listening that may be in somewhere that you don't want to be, make the call. Yeah. Drop the email, make the call, send a text. Uh, chances are that person would love to hear mm -hmm. from you and, or, you know, would, would love to help where you're at. So I know that all the listeners aren't in bad places, but just yeah. in case. Yeah, it's important. It's important. Um, you never know what somebody in your family, your life is going through. So earlier you mentioned something about risk. And then you also, because with your marriage, you know, you just, there's risk there because and you had to take the risk and eventually your, your wife came back, you know, and so you had to go through all these things. But you also mentioned fear as well. My next question relates to kind of both of those risk and fear. Um, what's the one thing that you need to do that scares you the most right now? 
Because you've already done some incredible things. So uh, you know, uh, one, thing, one thing that I need to do that scares me the most, I got to tell you, man, it sounds so cliche, but I'm really, I'm not scared of anything. I, I, I'm, I'm really not. Um, I'm more fearful for my friends and family that I love dearly, would hate to see anything happen. But what I really like to do is just, um, I really need to just get out there more, you know, and shows like you help that with that mission. Yeah. And, and, and I got to tell you, I, I want to, I want to just surround myself with people that oscillate like you do, you know, that operate at a high vibrational state that, that are out there on the front lines, trying to be positive in light of all the darkness that we read about every day. And, you know, I, I think that I, what I need to do, what I would suggest is I probably just need to separate more from some, some from the noise and, 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 and get out there more and, and meet and greet and talk to people as much as I can, as safe as I can. Uh, but I, I'm not scared. I'm just, yeah. I'm not really scared, you know? Yeah. You've done some pretty incredible things. So I would, what you've done is probably one of the most scary things that most people could ever do. Um, not only write a book and put themselves out there like that, you know, publicly, but, you know, just, just share that, you know, it's, it's incredible. Uh, so with that being said, you know, um, you know, I always ask this question because I'm a, I'm a visionary guy. I like strategic planning and thinking and things like that. Um, even if you, we don't end up there, at least we understand the direction. Where do you think you're going to be at in maybe 10 or 20 years? In a darn good place, man. You know, just, <laughs> just like I am today. You know, I, I, you know I'm working on, you know, Green Zone Hero Project still yeah. continues to go. Yeah, no. tell us a little bit about that too. Well, it, it, it's a business directory. It's a business directory on core values. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, we always say, you know, it's this on steroids or this on speed. We're a business directory that, that's on core values. And what we do is we give, uh, we're a marketing company. We give B2B uh, tools to companies that honor and support freedom. And then, well, how did they do that? Well, if you're doing things for, if your business company organization, <laughs> you, if you're doing things for veterans, active duty personnel and their families, could be discounts and employment, whatever, mm -hmm. join, join a community. It's a dollar a day, dollar 37 cents a day. And just because of COVID, we've extended all the memberships out. We gave away free memberships. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we just get on, get in a community and let the rest of the world mm -hmm. know that you are a company, a person, an organization that has core values. So Green Zone Hero, safe place in a combat zone, a green zone. Well, relatively safe, but Green Zone Hero is a business that that supports freedom. Yeah, and you got and some then, pretty incredible then, sponsors on there too. <laughs> yeah, we were super stoked. Harley Davidson, Boar's Head Provisions, uh, Sam Ash Music. Uh, these are companies. Mission Barbecue. These are companies that are the best of the best. They are the epitome of good business. And anybody that's in our network, I can assure you, they didn't have to join. What's Green Zone Hero? But a brand new brand. But they, they join because they believe in, in, in the community and they believe in freedom. So, you know, I think it's a great value. We're doing some cool things there. We continue to grow the network. I think we're in 38 states, 750 different locations of different businesses. And, uh, and, and then that's one thing. And then, you know, we're doing straight out of combat radio, which is telling its podcasts uh, like yours that tell stories. And we're trying to diminish the negative stereotype of combat veterans. Yeah. especially combat veterans and we're doing pretty well. I think I'm at 135 episodes or something. Yeah. I can't that's, remember. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Uh, so, so you've done a lot. I mean, and you've, 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 you've had a lot of success in your life. How do you define true success for, for John? Success is different for everybody. And yeah. a great question, Kirby. It, 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 
you know, you have to define success by what your core values are what mm -hmm. is in life. You know, I just finished the John and Missy Butcher. I actually didn't finish it. It happens for the rest of your life. It's through the Mind Valley. I'm doing the Life Book, and and it talks about these twelve categories in life. And I think success is integrating those fractals in a life vision that I can be really uh, that, that gives back to humanity. And by doing that, the universe will reward me. And I, I just know that I, you know, I'm not going to be happy every day in my life, but I'm going to certainly try to be happy. So success to me would be living that life vision where you're making a true impact on humankind. Mm -hmm. You know, I got to tell you, I'm working on a project now. I'm not going to give it up, but it, we, uh, we go live on September 11th. It is a global platform for our client base to be able to wear their purpose. Mm -hmm. And it is a way for us to be able to fund NGOs in four categories, mm. uh, veteran, mental health, human trafficking, and animal mm. protection. Wow. And there's nobody doing it. And uh, we're going to be in a video uh, through the Department of Defense. Uh, we're super stoked about it. That's all I can say. Look for the video on September 11th this year and uh join the community and, and you'll see what we're doing so yeah, we're gonna have to link everything up in the uh, show description more for all that stuff gonna, too you, so yeah you're gonna love it there, there's nobody doing this cool. we will be the first and and the department of defense likes it and the person who we're actually uh partnering with is just blown away by what we're trying to do and so it's a little bit uh it's pretty cool and i'm yeah. just really yeah i'm happy to be part of it and and just you know, I'm, I'm a founder, but there's lots of co-founders that are working. That's awesome. You know, and that's great. You know, you bring the community together. Um, and that's a big part of what, you know, this show's about and uh, what I'm about is, as far as community. Um, I know you are, and, yeah. And purpose-driven, you know, and everything you're doing. Uh, I mean, that's, that's why we had you on here. Um, you're, you're like, our, you're, I think you're going to become our mascot. Because <laughs> you're, well, yeah. you're doing so many things for so many different communities um and it just you're you're just it's just blossoming and, and with that being said the, the the question that i love to ask every single person on here before i actually turn it over to you and let you you know tell us anything that you haven't said yet um is what will be your ripple effect you know that's a great question you know we remember the movie the butterfly effect you know mm -hmm. i'm glad you bring that up because it does matter you know make that choice you know i could go down to my local grocery store mm -hmm. And I could be an ornery old son of a gun and say, I'm not going to wear my mask, you know, kiss my <laughs> rear end. And I, and I could be, I could be mean to everybody I meet. And how do you think that's going to make the world feel or those people anyways, and the ripple that's going to have, or I could go down and follow the rules. Yeah. We know some of this stuff may or may not be the thing that we support or not support, but I could smile and be nice and show some concern and practice a little bit of etiquette. And that would create that effect. So there is a ripple effect. Everything that you do is going to affect not only the people that you're around, but it's going to affect the people that they're around and they're around and da, 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 da. If there, there was a movie out a couple years back where it showed a guy just misses getting on the bus and it shows what his life is like, that ripple effect of not mm -hmm. making the bus. And then there's another part of the movie, it runs parallel, where he makes the bus and what happens. And when he makes the bus, his life is all sweet, you know, mm -hmm. and cookies. 
And then, but it, what it shows you is that single effect of not making the bus. So what kind of ripple are you going to leave today? You're going to leave a ripple or make a, a negative one or a positive one. And uh, I choose to make positive ripples everywhere I go. Doesn't mean I'm not going to make mistakes. It doesn't mean people may or may not like, me. but guess what? I can assure you that anything that we do is going to all come out of core values. Um, and then identify your core values. A good army buddy told me once when I was thinking about running for county commission here in my, my county, uh, you know, I sat down with a bunch of wealthy landowners and I kind of saw how it really worked and he's kicking me under the table and he goes, you're not going to do it. Are you? And I said, no. And, and he, he said, write down, if you want to do it, do this, John, write down your eight or nine or 10 mm -hmm. or four or three or two or whatever your core values are and remember them. And if you ever get off a core value, find a way to get back on them. Mm -hmm. So I would say to anybody out there listening that wants to have a, a lot of success in their life, you're not going to do it the way Kirby does it. You're not going to do it the way I do it, but I can tell you, do it your way identify with your core values, write them down, remember them, you know, put them on a refrigerator or put them next to the, mm -hmm. you know, the porcelain throne or put them wherever you want to, but remember your core values and, and, and try to stay on target, you know, just fire if you have to, you know, for our military friends that, that understand that, but, but understand your core values and understand that those core values will have a ripple effect. And I can assure you life is so much dreamier to have happy people around you than have negative ones. And, you know, John Butcher said in this seminar that my wife and I have been part of this workshop, if any negativity comes to his AO, he finds a way to DD Mao. He finds a way to not be around negative energy. And you'll know negative energy when you're around somebody. Is that a person that you feel like you've been sucker punched and, and just knocked the wind out of you? Or is that a person that elevates you? Kirby, man, let me tell you, brother, I want to be around <laughs> people that elevate me. I don't want to be around people that are going to sucker punch yeah. me and knock the wind out of me. I want somebody that's fighting for me because if you're fighting for me, I know that you're somebody that can be trusted and, and I'm going to fight for you. And even if you're not fighting for me, I'm still going to fight for you. I'm just mm -hmm. not going to be around you. And there's a difference. So, yeah. And that's the truth. So, hey, John, it, you know, it's, it's been a great conversation. I want to give you last, one last opportunity to share anything that you want to share that you haven't shared yet. Maybe I haven't asked about it or maybe we brushed up on it and you want to, you know, add more to it. Um, and then tell us how we can find you and get in contact with you. Thanks, Kirby. You know, you mentioned something. Get a journal and, uh, and write in it every day. Write about your hopes, your dreams, your aspirations, what you're going through. And mm -hmm. a journal, I'm glad you mentioned at the beginning because a journal will help you. Uh, I always say, and I like to leave a quote, uh, polarization only works in sunglasses. It doesn't work in sustainable communities. And so find a way to become a clear vision for your community. Find a way to work towards non-polarization. We live in a very polarized society right now. Look for a way to, to make that come together. You know, if you're interested in Green Zone Hero, some of the things, you can go to greenzonehero.com. It's there. You can also find it on Facebook like everybody else. We have an Instagram page. I'm not as good as I should be with it, but, mm -hmm. but you know, but we're out there. You know, you can go to uh, uh, Straight Out Combat Radio on the Heroes Media mm -hmm. Network. Uh, for those of you who know, Adam Bird, you know, he does a great job with that platform and he 
Pete Turner, if you want any shows edited and you're just starting out, Pete Turner with uh, Lions Productions can help you with that. Uh, and just, you know, go to greenzonehero.com. You can go to my uh, Facebook page, John Crow Tech, mm-hmm. and just reach, reach out. I, I'll give you a little bit of a hint here. The company coming is called Hashtag Planet. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, wear your purpose, uh, activate yourself, get involved. Uh, and if you need help, reach out for it. There's tons of helpers out there. And uh, I can just say I'm blessed to be on your show, Kirby. And you've done a great job. You're such an inspiration to so many people as well. I know you care about the community. And, you know, I've had you on my show. If you want to listen to Kirby on my show, it's out there. Just uh, look for Kirby Ingalls on Straight Out Combat Radio. And, uh, again, thanks for being here. Um, yeah. and thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, John, thank you. And I just want to express that, you know, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you making that phone call uh, years ago and uh, and creating this ripple effect, this impact. Uh, you know, you're bringing a lot of, of goodness and kindness and, and love to the world that uh, I think is um, sometimes uh, missed because we're so focused on a prize, but not the prize. So uh, again, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. And don't ever, ever, ever forget, freedom matters. A lot of people, a lot of people pay the high price for us to be able to enjoy these freedoms. And uh, I'm just happy I'm an American. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have fun.